0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am the Preacher Chick Stacy, and today we are coming off the heels of Christmas and I got a lot of positive feedback, a lot of encouraging feedback from the sermon that I shared with our church on Christmas Sunday and I thought I would share it here as well. It was a message that came because of um, just reading through the Christmas message, the birth of Jesus, his story in the Gospels, and looking at what people that I know are dealing with this year around Christmas. There is this beautiful dichotomy of fear and hope when it comes to Christmas. Listen in. While you know that I've been talking about it, I love Christmas movies. I have to tell you that a very... Um, Long-time, classic, popular movie is not on the top, even probably my top ten. Okay? And, look, Donnie thinks he knows which one I'm going to say, and I'm not. I'm not going to hurt your feelings. I'm going to hurt my dad's. Because probably one of my least favorite is A Christmas Carol. I know. My dad's like, man. But can I tell you, out of all of the versions of this classic Dickens story... My least favorite version is the Muppets Christmas Carol. I love the Muppets. I love the Muppets. One of my favorite things at Christmas is to go on YouTube and find Carol of the Bells with Beaker and Animal and the Swedish Chef because there ain't nothing better. That is my favorite. My favorite. But I cannot stand a Muppets Christmas Carol. And here is why. The ghost of Christmas past has to be the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Creepy. Terrifying. Hate it. As the Grinch would say, hate, hate, hate. Hate, 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 double hate. Loathe entirely. It just bothers me. She scares me. And here's the thing. Even though it's Christmas, fear is an emotion that is associated with this, with this season and this holiday. And I know that some people are probably hearing that going, fear at Christmas? Yes, fear at Christmas. Why do you think that one of the lines from this beautiful Christmas hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem, says the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight? I think Phillips Brooks got that lyric right when he penned that song. Christmas is about the dirt, and the divinity. Christmas is both hope and fear. One pastor said it like this. He said, where the land and sea meet, there's a lot of foam, jetsam, and flotsam. Where God kissed the earth at Bethlehem, hopes and fears existed and still exist side by side. Charles Dickens also wrote, A Tale of Two Cities, and many of us, whether you've read the book or not, have heard the famous line, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the season of light, it was the season of darkness, it was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. We had everything before us, we had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven, we were all going direct the other way. Again, I think we can all understand (laughs) What he's saying in that line, hope, fear, expectation, terror, all coexist in this state of tension all the time, but for many, especially this season of Christmas. We talk about the season of peace and joy, and we want it to be, don't we? We want this to be the season of peace and joy. But listen, I've heard of too many people losing loved ones over the past month. Tragic. I mean, just this morning I saw that yesterday morning a St. Louis County police officer was killed. In an, uh, off duty in a murder-suicide. I have a pastor friend, we prayed for his wife, Nancy, who lost his wife two weeks. It took two weeks. She was fine, had headaches, gone. My age, gone. Now, none of us probably were close friends with um, Stephen Boss, also known as Twitch, the dancer who was on Ellen and on So You Think You Can Dance and all that stuff, and he took his own life a couple weeks ago. While we want this season to be a season of peace and joy and light and hope for many, it is not. It's, It's hard. We want... Christmas, we want December to, like, have no layoffs, no funerals, no divorces. We want it to be just rainbows and lollipops, Christmas lights and Christmas presents, right? Unfortunately, that's just not reality right now. The real world goes on. I would like to challenge you to consider this morning that Christmas, while we deal with fear, Christmas isn't the absence of fear or tough circumstances. Christmas is about the Savior who is with us in the midst of those times. Amen. One of my favorite hymns is "O for a Thousand Tongues, and there's a lyric in that that says, Jesus, the name that charms our fears. Fear is a very real emotion. Even at Christmas, but it doesn't need to have power and control over us. Because there is hope, and it comes from the nearness of God Himself. You see, at Christmas, we have this fear of the unexpected. Sometimes, how many of you know fear is not a bad thing? When we are raising children, if you had a little one up here, we would tell them, No, 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 that hurts, that's hot. Right? Because we're trying to instill a healthy fear in them over those things. So having a fear of being burned keeps us from playing with fire. Then there's the fear of the unexpected. Sometimes it's negative, like when a tornado bears down or a diagnosis is made from the doctor. Some are great, like a surprise gift or a loved one showing up. There are those surprises that startle you. I mean, have you ever had someone jump out of uh, around a corner and scare you? Pastor Travis, he loves to do this. I actually think maybe it's his love language, the jump scare. I think it might be. Watch out, y'all. You never know what's lurking around a corner. Could be him. But what happens to you in those moments of, of that kind of unexpected fear the whole thing is that it's unexpected. You didn't know it was coming. It came out of nowhere. Joseph, Mary, Zechariah, the shepherds, all experienced this unexpected fear, so to speak, when messengers came to them to deliver them messages from the Father. We're going to start with this first one in Luke chapter 1, verses 8 through 20. It says, when his division was on duty... And he was serving as a priest. We're talking about Zechariah. Zechariah was a a priest, and it was his time to be in the temple. It says it happened that he was chosen by Lot. So let me take that back. It probably wasn't his turn to be in the temple, but it was something happened. Maybe one of the other priests got sick. (laughs) Maybe it was a special day for the Jewish people. But Zechariah was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteousness to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. I wonder if in that moment, Zechariah kind of had this Abraham feeling. Like, you know he knew that story. You know he knew that well. But he still said, I don't understand. I'm old. My wife's old. How's this going to happen? And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. I like to think that Mary and Joseph, Zechariah, were probably a lot like us. They probably preferred to have their fears come with warning labels. (laughs) You know, like, when you get on a roller coaster, you know what to expect. You know it's going to be twists and turns and maybe corkscrews and upside downs, but you know what to expect, right? Even if you've never been on it, you know what a roller coaster's like. Or when you watch a movie that you've seen a hundred times, like Jaws or Independence Day or Jurassic Park, you have an idea when the jumpy moments are going to happen, right? S- they still usually get us, though, don't they? <laughs> but you know... The fear, in in essence, is prefaced. It's forewarned, and you are forearmed. You're ready. You're expecting it. It's not unexpected. And we can handle it because we can brace ourselves for it. It's the unexpected, the unplanned encounters, like an angel showing up out of nowhere. And, And I don't think angels look like what a lot of times we think they look like. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been terrified every time one showed up. I think they were massive like, just not beastly as in, like, the beast from... But, like, just massive beings. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they required space when they appeared. Huge, massive things. Even though these angels brought information and answers to prayers that had been prayed for centuries, for decades, the hopes had not been high for a long time you know think about it Zechariah was an old man his wife was old Elizabeth was old they wanted children at one time it's just not going to happen it's not for us then boom Gabriel not just an angel Gabriel shows up and says I got news for you that angel doesn't need to come to my house I'm just saying but the, the hopes of ever having a child were gone and not only that But God, at this point, had been relatively silent to his people for hundreds of years. There hadn't been a prophet. There'd been a lot of quiet. And you just kind of wonder, like the prayers for a child that had waned, had the prayers for the Messiah waned a little bit too? Maybe, maybe even hope's gone. Even though Zechariah and Elizabeth had once held out hope for a child, a miracle, that hope wasn't present. I want to I wanna show you this because I feel like maybe when that angel showed up, they had put that prayer up on a shelf, and when Gabriel came, it was a little like this. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, so I, I didn't text Debbie and tell her we were doing this, so if she's watching, sorry. What you don't hear in there was me calling Pastor Travis stupid. (laughs) But I feel like maybe that's what it was like. That startling moment. It's never going to happen. That prayer's been put up on a shelf out of reach. I'll be honest, you may have given a shelf life to a prayer that you didn't think was ever going to happen, and you know what? I'm not God. It may be that the the answer for the prayer you're praying may may not come the way you wanted it to. We too often think God doesn't answer a prayer when the answer is not what we wanted. That doesn't mean God didn't answer it. But have you given a shelf life to your prayers? Maybe you just simply need to step back and trust that God's timing is better than anything you could do. And while it's not happening the way you think it could or should, he's got it. He's got you. None of us wanna wait till we're 100 years old to find out we're having children in the name of Jesus. (laughs) But what prayer have you given a shelf life to? You've put a timestamp on it that if it isn't answered this way by this time, forget God. And then I think God does things like jumping out of a door to startle us and to shake us, to wake us up. Because when we allow the mystery of Christmas to be something that is in us all the time, the joy of the season, when we, when we keep it from becoming routine, I mean, how many, of you, how many of you have ever been around a small child who is seeing like a Christmas tree and all that stuff and Christmas lights For the first time when they're really getting it. Maybe if we let ourselves get to that point again, with the whole idea of what this season is, maybe, maybe just maybe, that's when we'll see God jump out of a closet and remind us of our short lives and announce something miraculous in our ears. I'd like to keep the hope alive that he just may do that for us maybe even this season, because it's not over just because today's Christmas. If we look back at Mary, Mary receives this message from the angel that she will carry the Messiah in her womb. In, cha- in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, it says in the sixth month, so this is after Zechariah has his, has had his encounter with Gabriel, Gabriel shows up. To Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. All right. It's, Gabriel scared an old man like Zechariah. Mary, we believe, would have been mid teens. Huh. I wonder. Greetings, favored woman! Like, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by that statement, wondering what kind of greeting this would be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son. That whole thing just, like, fell off that candle. (laughs) Emily, you got your work cut out for you. <laughs> but she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. There's this fear of uncontrollable. He, that, that Gabriel came up out of nowhere for Mary. She had no control over his appearance or the message that he was bringing. And I'm sure she felt it. I mean, she was engaged to a kind man. Her family was preparing for her wedding celebration. She was a good girl who was following God's teachings, doing what the family expected her to do, and then bam, Gabriel shows up. Nothing's ever going to be the same again. While Zachariah's fear caused him to doubt the messenger, he heard from. Mary's belief in what Gabriel brought to her was a whole different kind of fear. It was a fear of the uncontrollable. All of the plans are out the window. Gone. So much for predictability. Most of us, whether you admit it or not, are control freaks, if we're honest with ourselves. We don't like change. We're uncomfortable with the unexpected. We, okay, I like lists I like a list and I like to cross it off when I'm done I like to see my progress I like to know what I've got to do and when I'm gonna do it and how long it's gonna you know what I mean I like my list I drive Donnie crazy when we go grocery shopping I make my list based on when we walk in the door and where everything's laid out if I don't make a list and we go shopping we're all over the place and it makes me crazy and we forget stuff so I like my list I like my list. We like the routine of our morning. We like the rhythm and routine of a work schedule. Even if you don't like your job, you just, it's that knowing what you do, right? Got to get up, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. We like organization and order for the most part. How many of you know, though, it's then, in the middle of those things, in the middle of the routine, when God shows up, when a messenger or a situation appears that rattles our routine, and that feeling of being, un, of being in the uncontrolled, just boom. We don't handle that very well all the time. Joseph felt this as well. I mean, he was supposed to marry this nice Jewish girl from a solid family, and then, kablam, he gets awakened by an angel in the middle of the night. In Matthew 1, we read about Joseph's encounter, says the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. I wonder what that conversation was like. So her husband Joseph, because you do understand that back then a betrothal was more than an engagement. They were basically married waiting to be able to come together. So they were already married at that point in essence. Says being says, Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, I can't help but think that there was tenderness in his decision. Like, I don't want to bring any more attention to her than necessary. I'm just going to do this quietly. I'm going to protect her. He decided to divorce, to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated... God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her. Okay, I'm going to enter a personal thought here. This is not this is not backed up by scripture, but what we know about people then is especially somebody like Joseph is that he would have been trained in the Pentateuch, he would have been reading the Psalms. He would have known many of those things. And I can't help but wonder if Joseph, maybe Joseph and Mary, maybe even Zechariah, took some consolation from the Psalm that, um, that had been penned so many years before, but maybe they found some hope. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the sea, though its waters roar and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil. Selah. I just wonder if they pulled from something like that to say, I don't understand, but God is my refuge and my strength. Friends, when we put our hope in God, when we put our trust and our hope in his plans and not just what we think, our fears are turned upside down. God holds the highest card, the trump card, and the unexpected and the uncontrollable are, as the song says, charmed into place. I was reminded of another song this past week by Rich Mullins. How many of you don't know who Rich Mullins is? Did you rick ties? Like, I don't know. Like, okay, I'm really impressed. <clears throat> I loved Rich Mullins before he passed away. Loved the song. One of my favorite songs from him um, was Hold Me Jesus. And the bridge of the song says, Surrender don't come natural to me. I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than to take what you give that I need. And I beat my head against so many walls. Now I'm falling down. I'm falling on my knees. It's not easy to feel the reality of our situation and still know that there is peace. You know, it was pointed out to me this year that of the four aspects of Advent, hope, peace, love, and joy, hope is the only one that's really our choice. The rest of them are fruits of the Spirit. They're gifts that have been given to us that we get to put into use. So in the middle of the fear, in the middle of the unknown, in the middle of the uncontrollable, we can know that there is peace. And we choose to put our hope in that that we will feel it, right? It's not easy to live through that but we can make that choice. I heard Annie F. Downs this week. She preached at her church, and she said something that just, I think I watched this segment of her sermon like five times. It says, your circumstances, the thing you're living through, the thing you are surviving, the grief, the suffering, the fear, doesn't get to tell us who God is. God does not change. What we get to do is learn about God and study who Jesus is, and then we get to say to our circumstances, let me tell you about my Jesus. Even, friends, when we don't feel like it. There's one more fear I want to talk about. This is in Luke chapter 2. The shepherds are all out taking care of their sheep. It says in that same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "'Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David a Savior has been born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger.' Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to the people he favors. There's the fear of the unknown. These shepherds didn't have a clue what they were experiencing. Shepherds were important because they raised the sheep and the lambs that people would buy for sacrifices, but shepherds were not typically educated They were outcasts for the most part because they lived out in the fields helping sheep give birth to lambs. And they were smelly and dirty and gross. And then, in the middle of the night, this amazing sight happens. Can you imagine? They weren't just afraid. Scripture tells us they were terrified. Terrified. But I, I mean, how did it even work? How in the world... I got questions. How in the world, logistically, on the side of a hill, do shepherds... And there were probably 10 to 20 of them based on how they probably herded together and things like that at night. How did they hear this majestic thing happening in the sky and nobody around them heard it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Only God, right? This... this no one heard this angelic, sky-filled oratorio that... This, I mean, this was a first. We don't read anything about this happening in Scripture before. This was a new experience. Nothing could have prepared them for this. These shepherds were caring for and protecting lambs. They were, they were dirty. They were low on the social ladder. They weren't even ritually qualified to attend a service in the temple, but God sent them a messenger. He took it to them. They became the first evangelists. Like, we like to say that, like, you know, the disciples are, no, the shepherds, because their, their charge was to go and tell everybody. Go and tell everybody. Not only did he use it as an invitation, unlike any other, he commissioned them to spread the news. Go into town and tell everyone you see what you've heard. Fear of the unknown comes in many ways. It, it has many different disguises. Sometimes it comes from the, the, the nudge of the spirit, a prompting to step out of your comfort zone, to, to, to be removed from your normal. It can come in the form of questions and uncertainties. But if we will allow the Lord to take our hearts into his hands, we can approach the manger and find not reason to fear, but every reason to hope. I want to tell you about another emotion not fear, another emotion that was present at the birth of Jesus. It was joy and rejoicing. Mary heard more than just the news that she was going to be miraculously pregnant and the carrier of the Messiah. She heard good news. The, the, Gabriel tells her, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary asked the angel, how can this be since, I've have not, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary's response that we read next is a challenge for each and every one of us. See, I'm the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you've said. And then the angel left. Zechariah's praise upon the birth of John reminds us that this gift is far greater than our minds can fathom. And Mary's response is a challenge. Zechariah said, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. This is nine months of not talking. And he comes out and says, his name is John. And then declares this, he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He's speaking prophetically here because John isn't the one bringing salvation. John's preparing the way for the one bringing salvation. He says, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. Come on. Can I read you the rest of the lyrics to the song by Rich Mullins? I want, I want you to hear this. It says, Sometimes my life just don't make sense at all. Have you ever felt that before? When the mountains look so big and my faith just seems so small. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? And I wake up in the night and feel the dark. It's so hot inside my soul, I swear there must be blisters on my heart. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You've been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Surrender don't come natural to me. I'd rather fight you for something I don't really want than to take what you give that I need. And I've beat my head against so many walls. Now I'm falling down. I'm falling on my knees and the Salvation Army Band is playing this hymn and your grace rings out so deep. It makes my resistance seem so thin. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Christmas may be hard for some, And 2022 may have brought a lot of uncertainty and fear to your heart. Maybe looking ahead at 2023 does the same thing. But can I remind you of the invitation of our good Father to come to the manger and find hope and find joy and peace right in the middle of it all. In the Christmas hymn, Like I said, O little town of Bethlehem, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. It's not about the absence of the fear. It is about the one who is with us in the middle of it.